This is an out loud reading of one of our latest YouTube videos. To find us, go to youtube.com slash redditreaders or click the link in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another post from r slash pro revenge, the subreddit where people post stories of how they got expert revenge on those who wronged them. Today's post, Escaping a Hostile Work Environment by the Book. My story starts off as mundane as anybody's. Five years into working for an enormous corporation, my group was reorganized. This particular reorganization was, like most efforts, a half-baked idea ginned up by a suit in a corner office, questionably planned, poorly executed, and terribly communicated. Nonetheless, I was sent from my old group to a brand new, to me, group managed by Jim. Jim seemed an okay fellow, with a dry sense of humor and a British accent that lulled me into thinking he was a decent guy. Working for Jim was okay. He was never available, and when we did meet maybe once a month, he'd bark off a list of things for me to do, then say he had a conflict and had to go to another call. I was floundering a little, but felt I had a handle on things. During my first annual review via phone, Jim offered up vanilla platitudes about how things were going well, while I heard him distractedly typing away at IMs from people pinging him. He paused when he got to my salary and edged a bit. Ah, so I got you a small increase. I couldn't get you much. To be frank, I'm not going to question how anyone arrives at their salary level, but you make way more than the other people on my team. It was awkward, but not the first time I've had such a pointed salary discussion with a male manager. It's never been a talking point with any of the women who managed me, and I wondered if he would have made those same comments to me if I were a man. I've managed teams over the years and noticed the women on my teams seem to make less than their male counterparts. So I get I'm an anomaly, but I'm a high performer in a 25-year uninterrupted career as I never chose to have children. I've worked hard for my salary and I'm proud of it. I could get hired elsewhere at this salary in my market easily given my experience, qualifications, and certifications. Shortly after our review, Jim moved on to work with my primary group of business partners, leaving me with no manager, just a two-up manager I'd never met or spoken to. And that's when the shit hit the fan. Unbeknownst to me at the time, my salary was brought up in a discussion with his new team, the fine ladies who were managers of the teams I worked with in my business partner group. As it's been relayed to me, Jim didn't blurt out the specific details, of course, but when one of the women complained about something I'd done, Jim said he was surprised there were issues because I was the highest paid person on his now former team. He poisoned the well quite nicely for me. Going back through my emails, I could pinpoint the date and time the remark was said because the tone of every single one of those managers changed as if on a dime. 
If I asked a question, I was berated because you are most senior analyst. You should know that. Documentation that had sufficed before was suddenly all wrong. There were two particularly hostile culprits. Pat, who managed reporting on the systems we were migrating, and her underlying PM, Wanda. Pat came at me quick, bangs bared, with a demand that I put together a plan to get us the next generation of reporting, which wasn't due to be released until 2021. The 2021 plan Wanda, her PM, had put together looked like notes on a greasy cocktail napkin. So Pat decided that since I was the SME, I should do Wanda's work for her instead. Pat wanted a plan from today in 2019 through to the date of release in May 2021. According to her, it had to include all the tasks needed for delivery right from the start, which is not how planning works. I can't predict the future, so my plans usually start out detailed in the near term with increasingly wider swaths of more generalized tasks to be elaborated in detail as we get further along. This is an industry standard approach and was never a problem right up until it was. Pat started hounding me relentlessly to get this full plan done for her in five days, which would have been an impossible task under the best circumstances. Nonetheless, I put together a 2000 line long plan, working evenings and over the weekend because my arms had been in pain for several months from typing at my home office and I had to take frequent breaks from the pain. Note, I had been made a remote employee against my will, and when I was reorganized, I started asking for a desk back at work. Jim always dismissed my request, saying there was no space, so I spent over $500 on an ergonomic chair and desk for my home to make typing easier, but my arms still hurt anytime I sat at the keyboard for more than a half hour. I had to backburner my more immediate pressing work for upcoming releases in the next couple of months because Pat told me I had to prioritize her work over everything else. I had no manager to help redirect my priorities back to my other work, and when I tried to say it would have to wait until I finished my more pressing work, Pat sighed and bitterly said in front of half dozen people, including Wanda, so. You are our most senior SME and you're telling me you can't do the work? Pat then decided to up the ante by insisting I run every element of the plan I was creating for Wanda by Wanda, a junior level PM who not only didn't understand the systems we were using, I had to tell her how to create her own status reports, but wrote at a third grade level. Even subject verb agreement is out of Wanda's grasp. But she had a chip on her shoulder, and now she believed she could tell me what to do and how to do it. It was like a teacup poodle trying to guide a Rottweiler. Wanda was immediately and clearly out of her element, and obviously so. As a result, every single time she was caught screwing up, she threw me right under the bus. She preemptively threw me under the bus too. Wanda's only talent was deflecting blame and pointing herself as the victim. I didn't know what to do. 
I was having anxiety attacks. My heart would start racing to 145 BPM on the couch at night. When I started thinking about work, I was overwhelmed and my arms were killing me. And then the unthinkable happened. My mom suddenly died. When I told the team, they were not only completely unsympathetic, they were pissed. I had to take a week of bereavement and this, too, pissed them off as well. I was leaving the day before the deadline Pat had given me to finish Wanda's plan for the 2021 project. Instead of packing for the funeral or connecting with my family, I spent the three days before my leave working late nights trying to finish the plan. We met at 5 p.m. the day before I was going on leave, where Pat and Wanda ripped into my plan and said they would work with another team member to fix all my mistakes in the week I was gone. Finally, free of the evil twins, I went on leave. And while on leave, my arms stopped hurting. After six weeks of physical therapy for my arm problems, just not typing for a while helped immensely. I had two days left before I had to go back to the hellhole and I was dreading it. When the heart palpitation started up again, I knew I couldn't go back. At first, I decided I would just quit the day I was supposed to return. I didn't want to even give them two weeks notice. I hated them so much. They had been so cruel about me taking bereavement leave. I wanted to screw them over, good and proper. No tweaks notice meant I'd leave them hanging for the near-term releases that I'd not been allowed to finish up my work for, as well as for the 2021 plan. And if I burned a bridge or my reputation, so what? I'm nearing the age where people usually retire or have a major career change. I don't need to keep that bridge any longer. I have saved up enough, and damn it, my health was more important to me than these toxic people or my paycheck. The night I decided to quit, I went to sleep relieved and not anxious for the first time in six months. I felt the anxiety leaving me, knowing I wouldn't have to work with those people ever again. It felt like a solid plan. Then, the next morning, I woke up with a plan even more brilliant, and it checked all my boxes. I wouldn't have to go back to work. I wouldn't have to give two weeks notice so they'd still be screwed. I would still get paid. And I would be able to take care of my arms that had been in pain for so long. And while I'm at it, manage the anxiety that had spiraled out of control because of my hostile co-workers. My new and improved plan was simple. Take medical leave. I needed protected medical leave in the form of FMLA, which for those not in the United States, provides up to 12 weeks of leave where my specific job role and salary must be protected and available to me upon my return. And because it was medical leave, I was automatically enrolled in short-term disability, for which my company will pay 100% of my salary for eight weeks, and then 65% of my salary for the remaining weeks I'm out. 
the best part of this plan is it still screws over all the people I want to screw over. And it's all 100% legit. I have been having problems keeping up at work because of all the doctor's visits I had for my arms, physical therapy, regular therapy for my anxiety that I'd gotten out of control, and a psychiatrist. My health issues were eating into my workday, causing me to have to work early mornings, nights, and weekends more than ever, and no doubt pissing off these people who thought I was making too much money to be deserving any time off for doctor's appointments. My team got a new manager after six weeks, coincidentally just the day before I was to come back from bereavement. I was sneakily logged onto work every day to catch his name and stealthily dialed into the conference call where he was introduced to the team. My two-up manager that I've never spoken to even said at the outset, I think we have everyone on the bridge. OP won't be here. She's on bereavement. I called up the administrators of our FMLA and short-term disability plans to file my claim. I got the forms and figured out which of my half-dozen doctors had to fill out what. My orthopedist signed me off for 12 weeks of absence straight away because she noticed I had been in pain since May, so it would likely take a while to heal. After talking with her, my physical therapist and my psychiatrist will likely do physical therapy for six weeks and then enroll in a program for anxiety and stress management for the remaining six weeks before returning. All covered by my insurance and all free because I met my out-of-pocket maximum halfway through the year due to a hospital stay for a different medical issue. The night before I was due back, I sat there grinning while looking at the next morning's 8 a.m. calendar invite from Wanda. In her illiterate fashion, she had written, It is impotent. All crucial partners makes every effort to attend this call. Like most of Wanda's obnoxiously illiterate declarations, it was a dig at me because I'd said in my last call with her and Pat that I might not be able to log on until 9 a.m. on the day I returned from leave. I opened a new window and typed out to my new manager. Dear Phil, I hate that this is our first introduction to each other, but while I was attending my mother's funeral, an ongoing medical issue resurfaced, and I need to take medical leave immediately. I went on to inform him I'd been hospitalized a couple months back, and there were other issues that were preventing me from returning to work and he could get the details from my prior manager, Jim. Not that Jim paid a damn bit of attention to the emails I sent him detailing my doctor's visits, etc., even as he had moved on from being my manager, because I still had to let him know about all of my absences until I got a new manager. As things got worse at work, I became more clear in my details about my pain, with typing getting worse, hoping it might make Jim realize the situation was getting worse but he never listened. So here I sit on a beautiful fall Friday morning, getting paid 100% of my salary to write this. Jim wasn't happy about my salary when I was working for him. I wonder how happy he is about my salary knowing I'm not having to work for it right now. When I return, 
I won't be on the two projects with upcoming releases. One will have already released. The other will release less than four weeks after I come back. So they're screwed on that. I wonder if they figured out the test documents for November haven't been signed off yet. I was supposed to finalize them for sign-off, but Pat forced me to prioritize Wanda's 2021 project over the November work. So the test documents are still sitting locally on my work desktop, untouched. I will also be returning with a requirement for accommodations, which I am now entitled to as I've learned I qualify for them under the ADA. No more telling me I have to work from home or hunch over a table in the break room if I want to be in the office. I'm working with an occupational therapist to draft up what those accommodations will be. But a height adjustable desk, two large monitors, and a distraction-free workspace are the top-line requirements. Meanwhile, my treatment plans include exercise, trail walks, both regular therapy and physical therapy, and a weekly massage as well. I've added in long visits to the library to read all the books I've been wanting to catch up on, and nice lunches a couple times a week to the mix. Several times throughout the day, I'll look at my watch while walking the trails with my dog or just relaxing, and I smile broadly, thinking about Pat and Wanda and Wanda's impotent project plan for 2021. Wonder what poor sod they roped in to help her finish it now. I still may just quit after I return, or they can just fire me. I'd be indifferent about that. But at least this way, I'll have milked 12 more weeks of pay out of those a-holes while benefiting from all the free medical and emotional assistance my insurance plan can buy. They say living well is the best revenge, and I can't think of a company or a group of people who deserve my pro-revenge more. And we have an update from OP after her leave. I left one minor detail out of my first post. My mother was incredibly abusive, and we hadn't spoken for five years. My bereavement leave was a week of chilling out, trying to figure out what to do about work, because I didn't even go to her funeral. No one at work knew this. My official story was I was grieving such a devastating loss. And that's what you'll read in the original post. First, the leave could not have come at a better time. The day I made my last post, my sweet cat Ray was not himself. I took him to the emergency vet where we found out he had lymphoma in his liver and pancreas. We had to let him go a couple of days later. There was no way I could have worked and grieved for him at the same time. And going on medical leave right after your cat dies is not nearly as socially acceptable as taking leave after your mom dies. Rest in peace, my sweet boy. I was spinning for a good couple of weeks after that. My arms still hurt a lot, and I wasn't able to type for more than 20 to 30 minutes, and even that hurt. I continued physical therapy and was frustrated at how slow the progress was. My therapist asked me to video myself typing at home. He took one look at it and saw the problem immediately. My desk and chair were fine, 
the horizontal and vertical parts of my workspace were fine. The problem was that my keyboard was too narrow, so my arms were constantly at an angle, which caused stress on all the joints. At his recommendation, I bought an ergonomic split keyboard and immediately noticed a difference. By the end of the year, I was pain-free, although I still can't type for as long as I used to. Because my out-of-pocket maximum had been reached with my health insurance, I took the opportunity to get everything checked out under the hood. I'm 48, so I had a colonoscopy and endoscopy, fun, and the doc says my colon is perfect, so if I ever need a Tinder bio, I know what to lead with. I went to the dermatologist, gynecologist, every ologist in the book, and except for my shitty arms, I'm pretty healthy. I also went into an IOP, Intensive Outpatient Program for Therapy, that lasts six weeks of the year where I spent three hours, three days a week, in group therapy with other people. I made some amazing and fascinating new friends, including a paramedic and firefighter, both coping with PTSD, an Afghanistan veteran, and several others. I also learned about complex trauma from childhood abuse and came to realize that my anxiety, depression, and ADHD were not necessarily three separate diagnoses, but instead were symptoms of complex PTSD, or CPTSD, likely related to my mother's continual abuse and a few other traumatic childhood events. Because of IOP, I'm now working with a trauma therapist and left my general therapist. After decades of regular therapy barely helping, I have someone to work with to help me truly put my past in the past so I can heal emotionally. My mother's death and this leave was the best thing that could have happened for my physical and emotional health. When I made my last post, I resented the hell out of Jim, Pat, and Wanda for being so cruel to me at work. I still don't like them, but I moved past resentment, and I'm now grateful for the situation because their hostility was the catalyst that got me the treatment I've needed for years. No, decades. My husband and I also met with our financial advisor, who, after running the numbers, made it clear that for both of us, work should be considered as more of a want-to thing than a need-to activity. Turns out, dual income, no kids, and saving throughout my 25-year career was a good decision. So I decided I don't want to work for this company anymore. My leave ended, and I returned to work two days ago. As soon as I returned, I sat down with my new manager and told him about Jim, Pat, and Wanda. Of course, no one had filled him in on their behavior. I gave him some hard copies of emails documenting their stunts. He was shocked by that, but was not surprised when I ended my five-minute summary with, so unfortunately, I'm going to have to resign. I handed over my letter with my two weeks notice. He asked me if I truly wanted to work those two weeks, and I said, not particularly, no, but I do want to get some things off my work computer, so I need to get it back online. 
He agreed it would be a waste for me to try to really pick up anything. I jumped through the hoops of getting my computer online to get those docs. I blocked Jim, Pat, and Wanda, along with three other people who were toxic but not quite as nasty as those three, as soon as I pulled up MS Communicator. I'm not attending any meetings. I have just one meeting on my calendar next week, the one where my new manager will announce my departure to the team. Meanwhile, I'm getting paid full salary for these two weeks as well. And I'll get all my 2020 vacation days paid out when I leave. So the final tally of just how much Jim's a-hole move cost my company and benefited me? One week of bereavement leave at 100% of my salary, eight weeks of FMLA paid at 100%, Four weeks of FMLA paid at 65%, one and a half weeks of extended certified medical leave paid at 65%, two weeks of salary at 100%, and four weeks of PTO payout at 100%. For a grand total of 20 and a half weeks or five months of salary at varying rates for doing nothing but taking care of my own damn self. And I'm not including the thousands of dollars I didn't have to pay while getting checkups, medical procedures, physical therapy, and group therapy, as it was all covered by my company's medical insurance. I'm also not including what they all had to go through, put a new person on these releases, and all the stress I didn't have because I didn't end up delivering on these projects. The weekend in November, when my project was set to go live, I was in another town for an old friend's memorial, seeing people I hadn't seen in 20 years. I wouldn't have been able to attend if I hadn't gone on leave. I'm not going to reveal my salary, but I will say that the last several months have cost the company tens of thousands of dollars for my salary alone. The other benefits I've reaped on top of the salary have been immeasurable. They say living well is the best revenge, and it's true. Jim, Pat, and Wanda are still their ugly ass selves, chained their desks, bitter, and making sure everyone around them knows it. As for me, I'm free of the chains of a nine to five job. I don't think I'm going to look for another job for quite some time. And when I do, it's going to have to be something I want to do, not something I need to do. Now, I just need to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And that's going to wrap up today's post. Man, both me and my husband know what it's like to be in a hostile work environment and just have everything thrown at you and be thrown under the bus over everything. It's absolutely terrible. And unfortunately, I think many people um, can relate to this post in that way. But reading it, man, it's so satisfying that OP is now living her best life. I'm so happy for her. What are your thoughts on this? We would love to hear your reactions in the comments below. If you liked the video, please leave a like or a comment. It always helps with that a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash pro revenge and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening. Enjoying the podcast? An easy and effective way to support us is to simply subscribe to our YouTube channel.
you can find us at youtube.com slash redditreaders or click the link in the description box below. It would mean so much to us. As always, thank you for listening.